Weekly Spoilers. My name is Mike Tanner. I'm Laird Smith. And Laird, I want to tell you about something that very sad that happened to me the other day. Did you run out of pizza? I did not run out of pizza. I never run out of pizza. There's always more pizza to be found. Uh, I hear you. Well, that's true. Uh, I, the other day, watched a particularly upsetting episode of Grey's Anatomy. Of course you did. It's upsetting how low quality they've gotten. (laughs) Well, I'm not that far in. So I... Well, how far is not far... Okay, so upsetting, that's what? Season two? Uh, No, like season... Well, there's a lot of upsetting, but season... I ten okay. Well, see now I'm upset because you're still watching that show after tenish seasons. Well, I, the th- my wife likes to watch the show. Sure, uh, as as she describes it, something dumb. I don't really have to pay attention to that much. That's you uh, <laughs> defining my marriage perfectly. Um, so that that's well, this that's, is why we're friends. Yeah, this, this is why we're friends. I was with my best friends, which means I was with my worst friends. So. I came home the other night, and obviously the show is called Mostly Spoilers, so if you're five seasons behind on Grey's Anatomy, you're going to be very disappointed to learn that... Let me explain something to you. If you're any number of seasons behind on Grey's Anatomy, you can basically just stay that way. Like, whatever amount you've seen, including zero, you're, you're good. I have been told... Now, I... I I, I think the show is okay. It, the, sure, but I'm. Just, I mean, like, I think okay is with the amount of shows we have out now. You don't really need to go back and go. You know what would really fill in my pop culture repertoire and and kind of you know cover a void in my life? Grey's Anatomy. Sure, but ten to fifteen years ago, sure, which is when the show began. I don't feel like there were necessarily that many great shows. Sure. And I also think that things have changed in terms of accessibility for those great yeah, shows. but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you, if you haven't, there, there's not necessarily a burning need. But You're say, not missing out on something. But say 10 years ago you started watching Grey. And you started That's great, but I'm not telling yeah. people 10 years ago, you know, like, we're not recording this and sending it to the past. But you said if you're any amount of seasons behind on Grey. Yeah, so, so maybe, from one season behind to no, so all the seasons behind. You still don't really need to watch more. Now, you're saying this out of your understanding, your knowledge of the show, which is immense, right? You've watched, how many many episodes did you watch? Well, if I had immense knowledge of getting hit in the face with a frying pan, I'd still have a lot of capability to tell people, if you haven't done this, you don't need to. How How many seasons of Grey's Anatomy have you watched? Three. You watched three seasons? Yes. All right, well... What, why did why did you stop watching? What made you stop watching Grey's Anatomy? And don't just say it was a dumb show. I had so many other things to do. What's what what, did, I find what it were funny you watching? That your made up voice for me is not only deeper than your <laughs> voice, but by definition deeper than my voice. 100%. This is the register in which I exist in your brain. <laughs> worst worst impression ever. So what, what was there something that you were watching and just went nope. I'm not, like, no longer? Or was it just, like, a, I'm not interested in this anymore? Well, a number of things actually happened at that point. You had um, Isaiah Washington leaving, of course, because of that right. whole controversy. And it really well, played out. whole controversy. I didn't know why he left. I oh, because he was, like, making slurs about T.R. Knight behind the screen. The scenes. Oh, who's yeah. T.R. Knight? Um, that's a good question now. It's been so long, and I don't care so much. Um, uh, small, doughy, mopey-faced... Uh, endearing, goofy, lovable, ultimately killed off, um, 
one of the early cast member interns who behind the scenes was a gay man. Oh. I think he was somebody who was interested in Izzy, but she wasn't interested in her reciprocally. A friend of Meredith's, maybe same relationship going on I'll have to look it up. Anyways, so that's why he was written off the show. Yes. Okay. Um, I always find it interesting because, so the thing that made me sad Mm -hmm. the other night while watching was that they finally, after ten seasons or so, killed Derek Shepard. Yeah. They did so, in my mind... The best way they could have. George, that's what he was. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I like George. Yeah. Um, I was saying George is the one that behind the no, scenes. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah. With okay. being, yeah. So, anyway, uh, they, killed, they killed Derek. They killed Derek. I, they did so. The thing about Grey's Anatomy is that one of the things that I find is that they don't do a very good job of maintaining a sense of yes, I like this character, or yes, they're a good person, or no, I don't like this character, no, they're not a good person. Prime example is Karev. Mm-hmm. Alex Karev might be the most horrible person on that show in terms of some of the things that he says and does as a character as the show goes through. Yeah. I mean, he it, like every season, there's something horrific that Karev does or says. Mm-hmm. And then... Every once in a while, seemingly to be like, oh, we can't have everyone hate Karev because then they won't want him on the show. Why don't we make him do something extraordinary? It's we'll make him Shana be like... didn't have this problem in our other shows, but continue. <laughs> we'll make him be like the best person all of a sudden for these things. Mm. But Derek is the one guy that start to finish, you're, he, he kind of has a, a good character arc. He has a character that you're like, I'm happy with where he's going. He's pretty consistent the whole time. Everyone makes mistakes and does things, but Derek is kind of the, to me, he's the level that everything sort of runs on. And so having him killed off was sad. Because yeah, you know I. Why he's off the show, right? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I mean, what it boils down to is he left before his character could get derailed. Because that's pretty much the only thing they had left to do with him was to cause problems for him and Meredith and make him go out of character to do shitty things. So he basically decided, I don't. I want Derek Shepard to die as Derek Shepard and not some exactly. crappy guy. Because, who, I mean, if you've noticed, like, I mean, this was, this was what, 10 seasons, you said? It's 10-ish. Yeah. yeah. So have you seen any other Shondaland series? I have. Uh, and we can... <laughs> We can briefly talk about that as well. Um, uh, I, there's a bunch of things that I have seen. So we, we one of the things that I, when we talk about consistency of characters, mm-hmm. one of the things that I don't like about some of the Shondaland series yeah. uh, is that specifically with strong black women... And they were often the lead characters. Who are often very much the lead characters. Yeah. I mean, uh, specifically Scandal and... So uh, Olivia Pope, How to Get Away how with to Murder, get away with, with murder. Uh, Annalise, yeah. Yeah. And Miranda Bailey yeah. from uh, from Grey's. There is this concept of, like, uh, they're the best characters. Like, they are... Like, when, when you first meet Olivia Pope... She's the best. Yeah, she just... They literally lay that out as, like, she's the best. Mm. And then through the course of the show, 
they sort of weaken her and weaken her and weaken her. And they yeah. make her do more and more ridiculous, out-of-character things. Well, at one point, she literally becomes cap- captured and becomes the damsel in distress. You know? Right. And it's ridiculous. Which she's not. Like, no. she's not the damsel in distress at any point. point. And that, that's frustrating. Um, Miranda Bailey is the same thing. Miranda Bailey starts Grey's Anatomy as, like... I get that you're Chief Weber, but I run this. Mm. Like, she is the thing that runs it. And then throughout the show, they just pick her apart more and more. They have whole seasons where you're like, what are you doing? Like, what? Yeah. no one even trusts you to be in this hospital anymore because you've gone off the rails. And How to Get Away with Murder, which I'll admit, I only saw the first season and a little bit of the second. Yeah, I mean, like, I saw, like, ten episodes, and that but was they enough. But they just, they make her fall apart. Yeah. And I watched, like, ten episodes was enough for me to, to stop, to look ahead, and to go, oh, I'm real glad I checked out of this. Because yeah. it started with this very good premise. Yeah. And with, I mean, Viola Davis is fantastic. Yeah. She's a great actress. She was really uh, well-situated to come in and take over that character. It's just that then that character unraveled. Yeah. And I really want to specify that character unravel because I feel like the writing just went, you know what we need here is more drama right now. Yeah. Like, you had a, a mystery-based premise that's set up right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that wasn't enough. Yeah. The thing that I find is interesting when you talk about sort of the writing is that I don't think the... I, it's going to be kind of hard to explain. I don't think the writing gets bad. I think they make bad choices in the writing. Like, I don't, like, I think that there's still lots of, in Grace, for example, there's still lots of really interesting plot lines and things like that. Although, when you get to 15 seasons in, it's hard to really keep things fresh. I mean, you there don't know that. You're of, only 10 seasons in. That's true. But when you get to 10 seasons in, it's hard to keep things fresh. Again, I checked out after three, and I'm real glad I did. Yeah, I, I think... There, there are things you missed out on, I think, as... No, there's absolutely things you missed out on. But I think with with Shonda stuff, it just seems like... Like, I don't know why she does this to characters. And maybe it's because... All her characters. All of them. Yeah. Every Shonda character either dies or degenerates into the absolute worst version of themselves. Yeah. And this happens across... All of her series. I mean, maybe that's the comment she's trying to make. Is that we're all destined to become totally horrible people who only hang out with each other because we can't escape? Yeah. Yeah, but no. I mean, like, there are things, there are flaws in... Like, how far did you get into Scandal? Mm. Did you see her dad? Did you see Olivia's dad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, so I have yeah. to I have to start by stressing that uh, the actor himself, I love. Um, because of your love of the Terminator 2 theme song. I'm I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that, that's what happens next. Just, just if any so of you know. who follow this have Laird's contact information anyway, no, I'm going here's to kill you. What you want no. to do? You want to send okay, him shut regularly? Up. Anyway, Joe Morton with between a, no. behind a hidden link. No, uh, the Terminator Two theme song. It's only in my head now. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, so Joe Morton. Joe Morton, yes, um, and Joe Morton, I enjoy. I liked. I obviously. I hate you. I liked his character in Terminator 2, of great. course. I, I thought that was great. Um, and every time I've seen him show up in something, I'm like, well, this is this is how it gets done. Like, he was, to me, one of the better people to see in um, in House he showed up in. House okay. He was one of the guest stars. He was playing basically a proto-Obama. This was before Obama's okay. presidency. Yep. And uh, I thought he delivered a, a very solid performance in that vein. Um, 
he's lots of fun. It's yeah. just that the, the character he's been given in Shondaland is is terrible. He's he's a tumor. He's the worst thing in the show. This uh, this I want to say BS thirteen. Might be BB-13, uh, but it's, it's BS. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but this whole thing in it, I'm just like, who is watching the show for this anymore? Like, mm-hmm. the, because you gotta, you got to understand your audience. And I think clearly the Scandal audience, you know, there's there's a component of it that's looking at this this doomed sort of, I don't know what you call it, love story, a lust story almost between Olivia Pope and, and Fitzgerald Grant, where it's just like, we're really bad for each other, and anytime we've almost fixed that, we've managed to just make it worse, and like the whole dream, the cabin in Vermont, like that, yeah, that just keeps yeah. going away. Um, and bringing in, and they've been able to bring in like a raft of really new, interesting female characters. Mm-hmm. Like you had Portia de Rossi come in, yeah. uh, and she was she's lots of fun. The VP is fantastic. She's oh, she's so great. Susan, I want to say her name was uh, um, Susan in the show. Yeah, I don't, she I, is also uh, in uh, Son of Zorn. She is in Son of Zorn. Yes. Uh, uh, Zorn, yeah, and and she's fantastic in that too. Yeah, um, but and then you also had. Um, we're talking female characters, right? So, so even the ones that were there in the beginning, like Melly Grant, goes all over the place. Yeah, but ultimately comes back and is is um, redeemed in a way when when we kind of end up meeting the woman she is behind the first mm-hmm. lady and yeah. behind the resentful wife, like because yeah. she gets to play all across the spectrum. Yeah, um, her character, I actually. I, I liked her character arc in the series, in that. Like, when I talk about Karev being this guy that they, like, like, he does horrible things, Mm -hmm. and then they rescue him by making him do the most incredible things, but in a way that it's not super believable. And Millie Grant, there's a sense of believability in, in her... In her character, I feel that I like, think is is more prominent than in in some of those other characters. I think there's a thing that like if we if we kind of pivot over to Breaking Bad, you know how Breaking yeah. Bad there was there was a huge portion of the fandom of Breaking Bad that were very vocally uh, openly hateful of Skylar White, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, you know, why why doesn't she just die? She's terrible. Like, and and what did they hate her for? Because her character was perfectly reasonable in. Basically, every respect. Like mm-hmm. her husband is off being a drug lord and criminal, yep. Yep. Uh, and she's just trying to find the truth, keep her family together, and do what it takes. And it's like, well, no, you hate her because she's she's opposing the dream in some way. And right. Melly Grant, I feel like, is in a similar position where she is the villain in again, ostensibly a love story, by virtue of being the other woman. But but she's she, not the other woman. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know, but that's, that's what yeah. I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, the context we're presented here yeah. says these two are meant to be together, so by definition... You're in the way. Even though you got there first, you're the other woman. Yeah. But from the very get-go, the fact that she knows about the mm-hmm. affair mm-hmm. is made very clear. Yeah. And the fact that she sort of tacitly consents to it as the only way to make it happen. Like, you end up going, oh, no, you are very much the wounded party in this. Like, yeah. the sympathies that could have gone this Skylar White way where people are, are you know, like, the the moral backing is not there, but people are just like, no, I hate you because you're in the way of this. Yeah. That actually gets sidelined in a, in a really good fashion. And I'm remembering, like, scenes from, I want to say, season three, where she's, like, sitting there with Fitz in the, in the closet of the White yeah. House residence, and they're drinking... Uh, it's like moonshine, isn't it? Yeah, out yeah. of... Out of um, Mason jars. Yep. Um, and I really liked that. That was great. 
Uh, Artemis Pebdani was the the actress, uh, okay. Susan, and that whole narrative she has with Josh Molina's character, yep. the the uh, AG, um, and that sort of weird love triangle between you know the the vice president who's aiming for presidential aspirations, mm-hmm. her aide de camp turned campaign manager Portia de Rossi, mm-hmm. and Josh Molina. I was like, why don't we just drop the Rowan Pope element and move on from President Fitzgerald Grant the Third? Uh, and, this, and kind of go on cruise control with this and bring Olivia in as... Part of the thing about that I, I find, though, is that I get what you're saying in terms of, like, that... I think that storyline is poison. Like, the the secret, you know, yeah. that, that storyline is poison. But he has some... Joe Morton has some killer monologues and scenes in there. Sure, but I mean, where I he think... Just, Dominates, I but think I there's think a point where you're getting diminishing returns, and like yeah. they've they've done the story and they've concluded the story any number of times and now, reopened and it over and over exactly, again. and yeah. they just do the same. I think it would have been a. I think it was a great thing to bring in for like a season. Yeah. Um, I also uh, Scott Foley. Yeah. Um, I, Scott Foley for me is like I'm sure it's Scott Foley, but. He's like such a nice guy in everything, and I don't like when he has any not nice guy in him. Mm. Um, he's in Grays uh, because Shonda just uses the same actors across. Oh, I mean, that's a common across thing. Everything. That, that's not a that's not a negative. That's just what I what think. They he do. actually had. I think the way Jake Ballard is set up, he gets this. Um, he gets across this sort of vulnerable intensity at all times. Like you're, you're willing to. I think I think he works in the character respect because you're willing to kind of buy that he's not a whole double agent and he's not just doing this. He actually does like those but are qualities that are important. Things that are so awful. Yes, absolutely. That because again, this is what we're talking about with the Shonda series, where everybody just gets unraveled past their point yeah. of likability. And what I'm saying is, like with this conspiracy plotline, do you really think that's why the main viewership of the show is there? The main viewership of the show was there for. Watching All Olivia the, and yeah, exactly. And, and I'm and like, look, <laughs> you can either you can either stick with it for that reason and yep. drop this and just go, look, we're embracing this. We'll do yep. things on this. You could go into the, the actual political aspect, which I really loved, yep. and move forward, showing you know Susan Ross, I want to say Susan Ross yep. against Melly Grant uh, vying for this presidency, and and uh, you know bring Cy in there for that because he's a lot of fun. But take Olivia Pope and say, look. The portion of your story that's about your crazy father and your crazy mother, because both your parents are terrible yep. people, yep. and your crazy squad of crazy, terrible people, yeah. um, and um, what's the other thing? And, and uh, oh, yeah, your president, him. Yeah. And just be like, let's, let's resolve that for you, and let's make you now one of a larger spectrum of characters in a female-dominated political arena where you and Portia de Rossi are dueling to take a likable woman and a damaged woman and navigate them toward the top seat in the country. That would have been such a... All the pieces were in place for that. It's such a powerful thing. Yeah. Now here's where this gets super political, etc., do you think, given the current climate of how, you know, <laughs> Ghostbusters isn't allowed to have just women and a variety of now, other stories? I know. You continue. I, I know that your argument about that movie is just that it's not a good movie, and that's fine. 
a lot of people's argument about that movie is oh, I the idea and, and I, that it... I do not stand by just, anything those people say. Right. It's, it's like... So what I'm saying, though, is the political... Like, do you think that the political climate would have allowed that show... Well, let me ask you, though. Do you think... Because when you look at... You know, you, you made the comparison to Ghostbusters, like the female-led Ghostbusters. <laughs> the female-led Ghostbusters were coming out into theaters. It was coming out to the big yep. screen, to an audience that was not already invested, or to an audience whose investment was in these old films from the 1980s, which was like um, all men. And uh, in that vein, you you have a complete difference from Scandal, because Scandal has a built-in audience already, and what I was saying is it could transition away from um, what it was, which you already had an audience for, and that audience, I don't feel, was... Um, political in that vein you know that that audience wasn't waiting to go the second this becomes a female dominated show i'm checking out and writing a big spiel about how that's nonsense i feel like the scandal audience was already established to be like well no wherever we go from here we like carrie washington we like portia de rossi we like artemis padani um i i'm afraid i don't know the name of Melly grant's actress offhand um i don't remember having seen her in other things but you had all the pieces in place and uh, you know Tony Goldwyn could have stuck around as supporting cast for example Joe Morton could have left and gone on to do many better things uh, but my point is that I don't think it's a reasonable comparison because Scandal wasn't set up for that audience reaction because Scandal already has an audience yeah you know who's going to be doing this but I mean I get Com- yeah. people who don't watch the show would be the ones making that comment and the response is <laughs> go nuts Keep not watching the show. But that's already, I mean, that's already something that people do. Like, yeah. Complain about things that they actually don't even have a... Yeah, know. I complain about things I don't watch all the time. Well, we're, here, right. we're here talking about Grey's Anatomy, yep. which you watched uh, one-fifth of. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much uh, Scandal did you watch? About either three and a half or four seasons. Okay. That, then that you, you've watched it then. Um, I've watched more of it than people should. Yeah. So, but I think you know, it's, it's totally common for people to criticize stuff that they don't they don't have a, a dog in that fight, yeah. but they just want to. I mean, like I I don't I don't quite simply go like I didn't when Twilight was out, for example. I didn't simply go Twilight's bad. I have read probably probably half of the first book. Okay. Um. Just because it was a, the opportunity was there for me to do so, and I went, you know what? Why don't I just do this? Why don't sure. I just check out what's actually going on here? Because, I mean, I was very happy to criticize the the broader aspects of it, you know, like the sparkly vampire, all that kind yep. of movie bullshit. But I wanted to step back and say, well, well, what am I criticizing and why? Like, what sure. are we really talking about? So I try when it's something I haven't watched and have no interest in watching, to at least pick up on what it was about what's the idea? and yep. what should be taken for and sometimes this has led to me watching say things that do not get critical acclaim just because i've been like well this sounds like it's something that's interesting enough to see like i will yeah. watch some second rate series or second rate films for the virtue of being like well that was that that had a funny moment in it that i really yeah. enjoyed and i needed some sort of low-grade entertainment um you know like i'll watch a bunch of romantic comedies because they're funny in that yeah. vein and that's fine for me but it also means that i'm great at trivia because i know everything about films that i've never watched right 
for example, this week I had to uh, know about The Banger Sisters, which is a film I've never seen, but I happen to be able to know that uh, it's a film that exists, and Goldie Hall and Susan Sarandon were in it, and what right. they were doing in that film, because I've never watched it and would never watch it. Yeah. So I read half of Twilight, and I was like, okay, well, now I can come back and say, I understand why this appealed to people and why this sold, because the writing is is basically like baby food. Like, it's yeah. very much spoon-fed to you. It's real easy to get through. It's 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 McDonald's that, of teen literature. That being said, here's what I will say about that, yeah. is that I think um, that Twilight mm. did a lot mm-hmm. for an entire generation of kids when it came to their ability and interest in reading because when those twilight kids absolutely kids junior high and maybe high school okay the number of of kids when i say kids i you know junior high for example we'll say high school that read is is much lower than it was Sure, but I, I, I just, I'm sorry, but I look at the impact of, like, Harry Potter on that, and I think, I think there's no comparison. So, Harry Potter, I think, did much more. I, I, um, I would actually say Twilight is one of a cohort of books that emerged in the wake of Harry Potter that built on those coattails and that, that took that model for getting more people to read and, and rolled with it. So I think, though, that any time you're getting people to read... Even if it is a relatively spoon-fed... I mean, there's yeah, I mean, there's a whole... Really, what Twilight is, mm. is it's... I mean, it is... it is It's romance novels... Yes. ...written for teens. Yeah, and I mean, through through that understanding... And that's a you know, big you industry. Don't, you don't look at it and you go, oh, this is what vampires are now. Like, this no. is a new model for... No. No, because, I mean, like, I know the original Dracula. I know how that came together, yeah. but... No, I, would say, look, I think you just look at it and you no, go... And I would say, look, the, okay. the simple fact is this. I will cheerfully eat a McDonald's from time to time. Right? Like, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. I don't go to the McDonald's equivalent of every industry, right. but I am capable of recognizing the value in the McDonald's of the fast food industry. Yeah. I am therefore capable of recognizing the value of the McDonald's of other industries. Yeah. So, you know, doubling back to why we got on Twilight, which was the idea of some, some informed criticality, yeah. which is, again, when, when I... Decided to give up on how to get away with murder. I went online and I was like, okay, well, what else do I need to know about where this story went to determine if it's worth my doubling back to see what happened or if it just goes to a more exaggerated and silly place? See, I don't... And I understand not wanting to do that because, like... At that point, for me, it's like, well, there's no reason for me to... But sometimes what I read is, like you know, this happens, and I'm like, well, I want to see that, because I'll read, like, a short summary and find yep. out, like, what yep. what occurs, and then I actually want to go back and say, well, how does that come together? Or, like, what does that look like? Or was there a lot of emotional, like, mm-hmm. was it really well acted? Yep. Or this, that, that. Some, something needs to be told to me about why should I stick with it. So one of my favorite, actually, I will say this outrightly, mm-hmm. my favorite TV show of all time is a <laughs> a... Critically well received, but audience wise, oh, this show isn't good. Show that you are so wrong. Uh, this show is was this show did poorly because of how they pitched it. It wasn't a good film. Uh, so. It was a great show. Uh, it's my favorite show. Is a show called Defying Gravity. Um, oh, no. I, I I thought he was talking about something else. What show did you think I was talking about? The OA. No, and I liked the OA as well, it's not despite a good show. all of its huge flaws. 
Defying Gravity. Was this? Defying Gravity. Okay, what was Defying Gravity? Defying Gravity Mm. was, um, it was pitched as Grey's Anatomy in space. Oh, you told me about this. And that's a poor way to pitch what was, to me, a very well-filmed, like, cinematography-wise, there's shots in that that you're like, we weren't filming things to look like this at that time. Yeah. It was not... There are scenes that you're like, this is well beyond what we were filming. Mm. Um, And conceptually, it's a really weird show. Mm. Um, It's a show that deals about spirituality and uh, God uh, relationships. Like, it's a really... It's an impactful show in my mind that they did a really good job with. It lasted 13 episodes of the first season before they canned it. Partly because... And this sort of ties in with what you're talking about, about having an audience, Mm. is they tried to hijack an audience by saying, oh, it's Grey's Anatomy in space. So you have people who really liked Grey's Anatomy, Mm. uh, who all of a sudden tune into the show and go, "Uh, this isn't what I was looking for. It's Grey's Anatomy in space in that there are some relationships. Yeah. That's it. There's no other thing. But... The thing I was trying to say about this is when it finished, I waited a couple of, well, they waited because there were rumors that maybe they might finish it. Maybe they might do a film that wraps it all up. Maybe they might do a mini series. Maybe they might do whatever. And a few years after it was officially panned, the writer came out and said, here is what I wanted to do. And he laid out the story arc for the rest of the show. And I loved reading that, although it made me kind of sad that they never were able to to Mm -hmm. do that. But I loved reading that to get the idea of like, oh my God, that's really interesting. I never thought of going in that direction with that or doing those kind of things. And, uh, but I can't imagine, for me, I mean, this show is called Mostly Spoilers. Yeah. I can't imagine being like, you know, oh, I know what happens and I want to see see you and I have different things we're interested in I want the surprise I just watched I don't, I don't not want that no, like, no, there's, but there's a lot of cases where I do but what I'm saying is in, in the circumstance where I've been left so disengaged that I am ready to drop it entirely I would rather find out what happens in some way and then come back and say okay even knowing how it turns out yeah. I'd like to see how it gets there so I'd rather just walk away I'd rather just... There's shows that I've started that I've just walked I mean, away there from. Are lots of, like, there's lots of shows that pull off this J.J. Abrams-like thing where they set up the mystery box, set up the question, and really, you know, if, if past a certain point I'm not engaged enough in the rest of the storytelling and I just want the answer, I'll be like, okay, look, I'm going to wait for however long yeah. it is. And yeah. when the answer shows up, I'll just be like, so what What was in the box? Yeah. What was behind the door? Just so I know. I'm just, I'm just I curious. will say I that to people. Know. I will say that to people. If it's a show I haven't watched that I know they've finished, I will say... To them, yeah. what happens? And for me, I think I actually like them to kind of explain it a little bit because for me, that then gives it a sense of uh, I can I can gauge from the way they describe it, sort of what that emotion was like to a certain extent. Yeah. There's a re- I can't imagine as an instance where I've gone back, looked it up yeah. in order to see what happened, and then gone, oh, I want to see that. Yeah. I in 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 lining up with what we said earlier about you know having these characters become the bad guy in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a line in uh, the 
Dark, Dark Knight, Knight. Yeah. about, you know, we either die a hero or live, die long, hero enough. Or live long enough. So and that's the Derek Shepard line. And that's, that, that's, you know, Derek Shepard's thing. What I love is that, you know, on the, even on the very last episode that he's really in mm-hmm. uh, is the line, it's a good day to save lives. Yeah. And I, I like the fact, I wish, and I was talking to someone about this uh, a few days ago, and they said, the show should have ended right there. Yeah. Derek Shepard should have died. It's the unwillingness they to They should end. have had a funeral and yeah. said, we're done. It's the unwillingness to end or to retool that causes so many shows to go off the rails. And yeah. what I'm saying, you know, what I was talking about with the captive audience, the, the audience that's already present was, you know, you have it inside the show of Scandal. You can take that and retool that. You have built... Yeah. You have built the format for the option to do a show about powerful women yeah. um, who, you know, it's no longer about the men in their lives, but it's actually about the conflicts they have yeah. personally. And it's not conflicts over men anymore. Like, that, yeah. there was some of that rooted there, but there were other yeah. fundamental issues at play. And that would have been, I think, a really great opportunity for Shonda and her writers to explore. But they only really know how to crank up the drama dials in the same vein, doing the same things. Like it's, yeah. it's no coincidence that her other series have crumbled faster and faster and faster. What other, what other series were there? Well, there was one recently, actually. She did um, that was canceled. I just want to check here the name. Um, nobody watched it. I regularly describe what Shonda does on her shows, especially Grey's, as Shonda Rhimes looks into my world, figures out what I love, and then kills it. Yeah. Um, so there was the catch. There was still Starcrossed, and she's got two that are coming up now. But uh, the catch ran for I think two seasons, mm-hmm. and or like one season and was terminated. And then the other one was like just done. Um, but you know, it's like what are the, what's the genre here? Comedy drama, crime drama, romance drama. Because there just has bring to bring in the drama. And that's the thing. Like I'm like okay, well, well, like. I understand the concept of saying your, your your show is a drama because it's not a comedy. Yeah. But there's a complete difference between that and saying, no, 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 I'm actually adding drama to this. Yeah. I feel there's there's a much, it's, it's a more challenging way forward, arguably, and not for everything. Like, I think Grey's is the example of a Shonda show that's a stay exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could do better by its characters. Right. But when you're talking about a show that's on for 15 seasons, you're you're enduring it's, with people because hard you're, to... you're staying the course. Yeah. Uh, Scandal was an example of an opportunity to do better. Yeah. How to Get Away with Murder asked us to believe that it was going to be doing better because it presented this mystery, presented this yeah. format. Um, but ultimately what I, what I think and, and sort of where I'm going to close off my criticism on this mm-hmm. topic for today is just that at any opportunity to not even push the boundaries of what's, of what's uh, you know, like challenge, challenge a general audience, lowest common denominator, like a show like, say, The Fosters would with Sarah Polo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just an opportunity to say, well, look, my characters will be human beings. They will stand, they will tackle these difficulties and come back out strong instead of every single decision and every single factor in their lives just creating more constant drama. Like, yeah. there is drama in living. There is drama in the fundamental fact of being somebody who works in a life-and-death environment. Yeah. And you the don't fact need that they push so far yeah. beyond to... Like, every single character gets tortured on that show in some yeah. way. And, and ends up a worse person because of it. Well, and the other thing with that, too, that I think... The, the, really, the real criticism I have of, of Shondaland shows... And I, I should stress, like, 
she's pretty incredible at doing a bunch of things. Like, her actual... Her character creation... Yeah, absolutely. ...is exceptional. Beyond any that I've seen. I mean, the the very beginning of Grey's Anatomy starts very strong. Oh, yeah. That's, in that's terms that. of who those characters are. That's a really are. clever first episode. The beginning of Scandal starts amazingly strong. Oh, yeah. Olivia Pope. I mean, I remember when that show came out just being like, Olivia Pope is a literal hero. Like, yes, she's maybe doing some things that aren't on the up and up in certain ways, but she is, like, such a powerful character. So I think she's really good at doing that. I think what bothered me about her shows is that they just go so far. They they just... They plummet in a lot of ways. I'm picturing from something that I expect and want based on how she starts. I'm picturing Shonda Rhimes as a D and D player, and she's the D and D player who like goes to the sign up wall for games and and contacts all these DMs and is like, "Got this great idea for a character. Here's everything about them. Like I've done this detailed backstory. I've got exactly my development plans. This is what I want to do. This is sort of the narrative arcs that I want to do. Like." I really have this engaging idea. And the DM goes, wow, you put a lot of work into this. I really love your character concept. I think we'll do a lot of good stuff with it. You're in. And then she shows up at the table the first day and is like, "Um, yeah, I cast Fireball a lot, always. I said earlier on today that something you said was the nerdiest thing you've ever said. I told you I'd top Uh, it. And you did, in fact, tell me that you would top it. Took me less than sixty minutes. Uh, I think and I wasn't you, trying. I, th- I feel like you topped it with. I want to explain to you how Shonda Rhimes <laughs> is like a Dungeons and Dragons player. Um, I, I mean, like, like my closing from this would be: I think there is value, great value, in my mind particularly. If I, if if I was going to pick one Shonda show mm-hmm. and say this is the show you need to watch, it would probably be Scandal. Because if I if I had to had you if I had to I would agree with you right because you have in Olivia Pope's character the potential for such greatness and in in several other characters I mean there are other people on that show that absolutely that really do amazing Psy is like such a whirlwind character in terms of how his stuff kind of kind of happens but I just think like. I expected Olivia Pope, I expected better from Olivia as the show goes on, and it seems like Shonda sort of cuts the legs out from under her whenever she's getting stable in order to introduce the drama portion of the show. Um, And I just would have preferred, I would have preferred a show where Olivia just got stronger and stronger from that place and found those challenges, but I would like those challenges to lead her to being a better person. And in Shondaland, challenges don't make you better. They, they make you fall apart. Yeah. And that, that would be what I think. Um, let's call it there. Yeah. I think that's good. I'm going to hopefully go home soon and probably watch some Grey's. Uh, because that's I hope it emotionally devastates there is one other thing I will very quickly say about Grey's Anatomy if you watch season 9 or 10 they bring on an actor who plays uh, an inter a resident or whatever it is Um, his character from Friday Night Lights 
is that of football running back superstar Smash Williams, who uh, has a big injury, ends up going to college at the end of it. And there is this fantasy world I live in where that show is the continuation of Smash Williams' character. And he just, <laughs> Smash goes to med school, goes on, much in the same light that there's a, a fan-made thing where um, uh, Breaking Bad leads to Malcolm in the Middle. Because Malcolm in the Middle is the witness protection program that Walter White goes into. Yeah. And anyways, I think that's really fun. Thank you very much for tuning in to Mostly Spoilers, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.